This is Alex Hicken with the Vatican Bros Podcast, and we don't have any guests with us. This is just a classic episode. We're recording episode 18 of season 3. How's your week, Trevor? Uh, I had a good week. Uh, did you see there's like <laughs> uh, 2 million new Overwatch players just in the last year? <laughs> <laughs> no, why would that happen? They haven't launched yeah, I, to do much, done much. No idea. Now I'm like, I talked to about this with Nick, and like, I was saying like, I want to see like Apex Legends, like what their like new play like the stats are, yeah, like year over, like that's crazy, like. Overwatch doesn't do anything. All they do is add little skins and do a few events that are the same thing every year. And then maybe a couple challenges here and there. But they don't, like, add new modes. There's no new characters. I mean, they change up the... the, um, the damage numbers and little things here and there. But it's not like they're adding new content of the game. The newest you get is just skins and like different emotes and sprays. But Overwatch, I mean, I guess Nick and I play every day when I was so. So, I mean, I guess we're not a good example of why there's not 2 million new <laughs> players every, yeah, last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not an example of why they should not be. Oh, 10 <laughs> million, not 2 people. million. It's even more. It's 5 times more than I thought it was. Yeah, 10 million people. <laughs> That's like uh, maybe a third of a percent of the population of the United States, I think. Uh yeah, it's not just in the United States this game, it's like global. It's probably even bigger. I bet you like everyone in Korea plays it. <laughs> so the article that you read has no explanation. <laughs> no, it just says there's a good reason for that. Blizzard have been winding a development on the games for years, has been working on Watch Two. And then That's blah, 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 blah goes on. Reveal, uh, they revealed uh, the director, Aaron Kelly, revealed that the team-based shooter reached 60 million plays as of 2021. 10, more, 10 million more players than it had in late 2019. They started out... Oh, 16 million. So that means they only had 6 million players. What? No. Before the pandemic. 50 right, million had to 60, 60 million. That's still 10 million. Alex. Oh. <laughs> I thought you said 16 million. <laughs> no, that would be exponential. Yeah, we like more than doubled <laughs> in one year. <laughs> hmm. But later on okay. in the article, I guess it does say Apex Legends or 
Warzone has like a hundred million players, but like wow. those games are free. Overwatch is not free. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, a couple of exciting things happened to me this week. Uh, yesterday I finished my taxes, so that's exciting. Yeah, I finished mine. When did you do yours? Oh, didn't uh, you do yours a while ago? No, I did like Monday or something or Tuesday. Really? Huh. Yeah. No, it is Saturday. Remember we talked about it. Hmm. I didn't. I don't remember that. Oh, okay. <laughs> did you use TurboTax? Yeah. Yeah, I use TurboTax too. <laughs> but the second thing that I was ex- exciting is that uh, uh, I get like two percent cash back with the uh, my Uphold card, and I got my cash back for January on like Wednesday or something, and I got like twenty dollars of ETH, and that's pretty cool. Nice. So I need to decide what I'm going to do with the free $20. It's kind of cool to get cash back when the card is a debit card. So, yeah. Yeah. I have those points, but I don't redeem them. I have like 3,800 points, so it's like $38 I can get cash back, but it's like... I don't know if it's worth it. It's probably other benefits you can reap better from those than just cash back. Is that at Best Buy or what? No, it's just my Chase card. Hmm. That's yeah. Cool. Did you get that uh, that Spring Google Pay thing? No. Did you get that 30 bucks? No, I wish. Maybe if you had a phone that could use Google Pay, I would have been able to, but don't so couldn't have gone to the referral or anything so hmm. I got three of the five stickers or whatever and I didn't I barely did anything <laughs> yeah the last one you had to refer someone or like use it in five unique stores hmm. yeah Google accidentally revealed the like budget Pixel device last uh, week. I think it's a good move. I mean, not that they leaked it. I just think it's a good move that they can have a cheaper version. Because hmm. I don't think anyone really cares that much about... I mean, I, I like it. They're premium. They feel nice. But I'm using the OnePlus Buds now because I lost one of them. Or the OnePlus whatever they call it, uh, and they work just as well. Um, if it has worse sound quality, maybe people will complain, but people always like cheaper products, and people it would probably be easier for people to get into a Google True Wireless product if it's more affordable than, like, 200 bucks almost. So... That's the price of the original Pixel Buds? No, not the original ones. The, the, the original ones had the cord between it. Oh, the second ones were 200 bucks. Yeah, it's like 179 
but I mean, just tax and stuff. So. What's special about the new Pixel Buds? Uh, they have like a little picture. It's like all white and looks like it's slightly more plastic and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like it's probably gonna have a cheaper way to buy it. Oh, there's one with green. That's cool. Um, <laughs> so I I mean it, it's called the A series. So if it's like anything that they do with A in it, the Pixel 3A and 4A were cheaper. People love it because it has the same exact camera as the high end, and it does everything just as mm-hmm. well. If you're not like playing games on it, obviously it's gonna run just as well as any other flagship phone. So, if they apply the same concept to Pixel Bud, it's going to be just fine for anyone that's buying it. Unless you're, like, a pro user or something. Do you have any other insights about the Pixel Buds from that one you had? Um, What's the standard that they will get at a better price? I mean, they have the nice touch controls that are nice. You can turn uh, music up and down and skip and pause track so if that's still in the new ones that's going to be nice mm-hmm. yeah so did they give any timeline for this? no it's a leak oh my first topic is a topic I used to I was introduced to this self-driving car company by the podcast I forgot what it's called uh, yeah, but uh, the company is called Argo AI. They unveiled some LiDAR technology that they developed. It originated from the acquisition of this company called Princeton Lightwave back in uh, 2017 and uh, it's like way better than the current LiDAR technologies so they kind of show that they are kind of the leader it's kind of funny like every time that I talk about uh, automated autonomous vehicle companies like everyone seems like a leader somehow but uh, yeah they call this new LiDAR technology I'll quote from an article ultra high resolution perception meaning that it can quickly identify small objects that can be road hazards even in complex urban settings. The big achievement, basically, from this is that their technology is going to enable them to have self-driving cars on the highway, at highway speeds. Because they're able to see a quarter mile down the road and very good resolution and 
one issue that they've been running into lately is that uh, they like self-driving cars especially with LiDAR when uh, the LiDAR hits like a black car the light the lasers and come back there's not that much information comes back from dark objects or black vehicles and stuff hmm. so they they don't really identify dark objects as well but uh, this higher resolution that they're getting from these dark images dark objects allow them to identify it so that's really important for them especially at night time yeah, we don't want uh, any more crashes. So. Yeah, Tesla, I don't like what they're doing. But yeah, I've uh, spoken about that already. Um, yeah, Argo AI works closely with uh, Ford and uh, Volkswagen, and they have products planned like uh, delivering services and then taxi services. The timeline of these, I don't want to talk about the timeline <laughs> because typically with these uh, autonomous vehicle companies, they usually kind of blow through timeline schedules. <laughs> these timelines are just happen in the future. I think it's kind of weird because I have said recently that uh, Waymo was testing their cars on the highway, maybe in Florida, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like Waymo already has the, their vehicles testing on highways. <laughs> I don't know if these claims are... I don't know what they're comparing it to. <laughs> so yeah, we may see these uh, autonomous vehicles, Ford vehicles are driving around next year delivering stuff. And yeah. Argo AI works to be one of the leaders of self-driving cars. Self-driving cars... Uh, probably still have uh, trash issues with most even people I mean I feel like you you need to like really know what technologies in the car you're buying if it's claiming all these things and like Tesla is probably one on the forefront and I don't even trust Tesla autopilot so Yeah, uh. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it it seems like they've improved on uh, that light that doesn't get uh, seen in the black and gets sucked in and doesn't come out again like a black hole. So <laughs> yeah, I like this subject. Uh, it came up in my feed. It's uh. I've talked about it before. You know how 
there's a thing called spaghettification and black holes and usually it's when you're sucking in like a big star so <laughs> like I think the last time I talked about it it was uh, we found there was evidence that they saw a star got spaghettified through a black hole but uh, mm-hmm. I don't think we ever had a photo of it, so uh, we finally have some the picture we that they spotted one for the first time. So it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, but when a car, when a star gets trapped by the black hole's gravity and then destroyed, it is usually spaghettification. So. Um, it's more commonly known as tidal disruption, which is a word that's been talked about a lot through the last few topics in black holes. Um, so basically, it rips the star apart and then sucks it in. And basically, when it's getting sucked in, it turns to long filament in the process. And yeah, we saw before like. Yeah, electromagnetic radiation that uh, kind of signifies like, okay, this is probably like star just getting like spaghettified. I can't even say it, but yeah, it's uh, pretty cool. They said that um, because you might think it's, oh, since this light is going around the black hole, wouldn't that be part of the accretion disk? Because the accretion disk, sometimes they go super fast and they start like having super bright light coming off them. But the mm-hmm. authors of the study say that, yeah, accretion disks are usually on the equator of the black hole. But when you see it straight on, like, when you see it on like a profile view, you don't see it. You don't see the accretion disk. It's at an angle when you'd see the black hole accretion disk. So they say the astronomers observed the spectral absorption line when looking at the black hole's ra- uh, rotational pull. The observation suggests there was a strand of material wrapped multiple times around the black hole like a yarn ball. It has an April 23rd. And the team believes that this material is a torn star as it orbits around the black hole before disappearing inside it. And the author yeah, goes on to say the absorption lines are narrow they are not broadened, broadened by the Doppler effect like you would expect when you're looking at a rotating disk so the Doppler effect is caused by the fast motion of the material in the accretion disk stretches or shrinks the electromagnetic waves depending on whether the source is moving towards or away from the observer as a result, the light emanated mm-hmm. by the part of the accretion disk is moving from the disk would be brighter, but the scientists saw no evidence of that. And then, through X-rays, they said they saw that they knew 
they're facing the black hole's pull because they could detect x-rays. And goes on and say, the accretion disk is only part of a black hole system that emits this type of radiation. If we were looking edge-on, we wouldn't see the accretion disk's x-rays. Yeah, so through um, simple observations, they could actually figure out that it wasn't the accretion disk going around and fast speeds producing this light. And they were able to witness the discovery of a star for the first time. Hmm. Yeah, so that, that's... Uh, the astro uh, physics black hole uh, topic for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Today's episode is kind of short because the news was kind of uh, uh, not that much news. <laughs> um, yeah. <sighs> Yeah, so I'll talk to you later. Okay, talk to you later. Bye. Oh yeah, I bought a book, Alex. <laughs> you bought a book? Yeah, let, let me go get it. I'll be back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alright, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, this book came out like uh, probably a week or two ago. It's called, uh, it's in the box. Yeah, open the box. I got keys. The The book is about one of the key members of Nintendo and, like, his creativity mm-hmm. and his wisdom. Let's get, open it up. Wow. A book about creativity. That sounds cool. Yeah. So it's, uh, the words of wisdom from Satoru Iwata, Nintendo's legendary CEO. It's called Ask Iwata. Hmm. So the the quote on the back says, "On my business card, I am a corporate president. In my mind, I am a game developer. But in my heart, I am a gamer." What? <laughs> in his heart, he's a game gamer. Yeah. Oh, gamer. Yeah. Nintendo has been so innovative and so creative. I like how they stick to uh, being innovative and creative and show that you could still be creative and not be like bleeding edge, high speed and... Um, greatest graphics and you don't need all that to have fun <laughs> yeah that, the one of the last quotes says no part of my experience has turned out to be a waste of time hmm. yeah so yeah I wanted to also bring up because last year was Nintendo's biggest year ever uh, mm-hmm. they I think they had like gone up 34% in the last year in sales. Wow. Yeah. So, 
see if we can find the article real quick. I don't even know where it went. There it is. Um, yeah, so the most popular year ever in the whole life. Uh, they went from <laughs> uh, 1.76. They went... Wait, what? 85% spike in net profit. Wow. It sold yeah. a bunch of Animal Crossing. <laughs> Animal Crossing, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which hasn't been updated since, like, the first <laughs> year it came out. And then the Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which is the bundle with the 3D games like 64, Sunshine, and Galaxy. And then Ring Fit Adventure also sold a bunch. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like they probably won't be able to surpass that this year because I feel like the last year boomed like that because everyone is stuck indoors and everyone doesn't have a screen to play games on. So they're like, oh, if I buy a Switch, it comes with the screen and I can play on games and pretend I'm actually doing stuff outside in Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But now so, I bet it's going to be like a renaissance and everybody's like, oh, I want to go out and do stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like this is, it'd be very uh, tough to beat this year. I mean, they could if they like play the cards right, maybe uh, a certain switch uh, rumor with higher fidelity screen <laughs> and stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe like a new Zelda game or like just doing all the anniversaries right for this year. They have like the Metroid to go through Zelda. They had Mario earlier this year. So they have a lot that could like pull on to uh, make big sales. They had the Pokemon game later this year. I mean, they, if they do it, they they have the the cards. They just have to play it right. They just have to <laughs> be able to spread it out and use their assets right. Mm-hmm. I feel like they know what they're doing because they don't want to like bombard everyone like oh there's like three anniversaries by all these games at once no one's gonna do that so they had to like space it out right like Mario say had to stop the sales for the Mario game on the eShop and the and on the they don't I don't think they produce any more of the games physically so if you bought it you're probably not gonna be able to find it again later once it's all sold out um and I feel like that's probably gonna happen later I bet you they're going to do something in the summer. Maybe around E3, they'll be like, oh, here's a Zelda anniversary collection. Comes with uh, Aquanir Time, Majora's Mask, and uh, I don't know. Sky. Uh, Link Wind to the Waker. Path. Yeah. <laughs> Wind Waker. And <laughs> so, like, and then make it, like, exclusive until, like, fall, and then fall, maybe they do Metroid. Like, the, uh, these limited times give you that like FOMO stuff right like oh if I don't buy it now when am I going to get it I might have to like spend a thousand dollars on it later it's like 
Yep. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I thought it was insane. I do remember, like, throughout the quarantine, I'd, like, check in and see if certain stores had switches and they were sold out just because they wanted to be entertained, right? But now, like, recently I went to Target and I looked and they had switches just sitting around. They had switch lights, regular switches, and so. Hmm. So what do you uh, look forward to learning about in the book? Um, it's quite it's a Q and A, so everything it's like an interview. <laughs> so you could learn about his thought process, what he his creativity, his like knowledge and stories, probably just about like maybe some history about Nintendo and how he kind of brought it up from the card games and whatever they had before it. It was a video game uh, company, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, he's, I don't know, he's legendary, right? Like it says, it's, there's no other company that started and became what it is today, unlike like Nintendo, so... <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I do have uh, some other things ordered. Uh, I ordered a macaroon mat. So you can... When you make the macaroons, you have the cookies that you have to <laughs> squeeze... You have to, like, form. And then you put the cream in the middle. So you want to have it spaced out correctly. If you put too much, it's going to ruin it. If you put too little, it's not going to be good. So these mats I have, they're going to come in, hopefully. I don't know. It's not here yet. They're rubber, but they have, like, little feet so that the cream kind of stays in place and you don't go overboard. It would be obvious because it's, like, overflowing it. Um, and then I bought, like, a switch case that's super cheap that... Um, one of my friends told me about and yeah hopefully they work well she said that it's, you can put it on and still charge your device while it's on and that's pretty cool so it's kind of like a mm-hmm. just a plastic casing around it it keeps it from being scratched or bumped on so so how how much uh bakery stuff have you done in your culinary course you have a lot of bakery and and stuff at your house my my teacher his main focus is bakery stuff so yeah (laughs) since he's the teacher of my class compared to the other class we're getting way more in depth into that so like we get like extra things added on where the other class doesn't get to that. We get like uh, next Friday we're going to do the macaroons. Um, we're also going to do a few other things later. Yesterday hmm. I made chocolates, so I'll keep those and give them to mom for Mother's Day. Yay! Homemade chocolate from Trevor. Yeah, the truffles. So you just roll them up in cocoa powder, and I put in a. Uh, orange blood orange like flavor in it so it should be really good mm-hmm. 
And I had some of them with walnuts, because I know not all of us like nuts, so... Uh, there's like <laughs> two or three with walnuts. <laughs> not everybody like nuts in their chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a bunch of stuff we make for bakery, because that's like his main thing he does, is baking Mm-hmm. It's like his highest level culinary art. So, have you considered uh, working at a bakery or something for your career? Or is this kind of like something random that you're kind of learning only because of your teacher? I wouldn't want to work at a bakery, but I'd like to... I'd be fun to just like have a thing off on my on like a side thing like just making things and selling it mm-hmm. yeah cause and then you could like just make macaroons and then like well I have a bunch of these things this filet here and look really cool <laughs> you want them and then people just come and pick it up or I can just like deliver it somewhere you know like meet meet at a spot and have people come and pick it up Yeah, for some reason, macaroons remind... Oh, I'm reminded of Pokemon. <laughs> because that one character... I, I think it's May or some... That one girl with the... The red, like, thing on her that head. That does the shows. <laughs> that does the performances with the... Is her Pokemon? Uh, what kind of Pokemon does she have? The fire fox Pokemon with the stick. That's not me. That's some other random trainer. Yeah, that some random person makes good macaroons, I think. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I kind of have an announcement to conclude the podcast. Um, Since Kyler is joining us, he made some confirmations with his schedule, so we might be able to do more together. Um, We expect... Yeah. Our podcast has kind of changed a little bit, where it seems like... Nick is on more than the monthly. We typically have him on monthly. So I was thinking season four will be more of like a group chat. And we'll all come with our conversations and interests our expertise and experience so it'll, the team will be uh, yeah Kyler, Nick, Trevor and I and whoever is available each week will join and yeah yeah I have any uh, about that Trevor <laughs> I mean my uh, I 
when we talked about it, it's just the automatic theme reminded me of what um, the Spawn News, uh, Spawn Waves podcast does. They have a group of members, nine usually, that if they don't show up, they just say, like, well, he's doing something else, he's out of town. Um, but sometimes they usually have someone to fill in instead, like a guest, that also can then put a unique point of view. So I was thinking, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we could have a little team, and maybe I can get a few other people to join. Um, yeah, uh, I'll see if I can get someone else. Um, <laughs> you want more people? <laughs> yeah, I mean, more the maybe, right? Yeah, I got a couple other people that I'm thinking about too, but I don't uh, know them as well. Uh, yeah, the um, the more people we have on call, we have to change. Uh, or methods. So maybe you have to use like Google Meet or some other uh video or voice calling service. Maybe Discord or something. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we can have uh, like a Discord channel and <laughs> publish that podcast there or something. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking about rebranding, but I don't know. Uh, I I wanted to reach, uh, let other people, if they want to submit recordings, maybe they have something to say or a question. Um, uh, Yeah, if you have, like, insights or anything, you could share that. Um, my maybe if you got a like in sleep mode, so <laughs> um, maybe if you yeah, get a in, uh, maybe if you get an invite to Clubhouse, we can do that. <laughs> I don't want to do Clubhouse because <laughs> I heard I heard that it's just an API, so it's, you don't really save any recordings, or it's just audio and anybody can do whatever they want with it. I mean, we're still it's recording. weird. It, so. I don't really understand. Uh, I think, I don't think they have any, like, previously recorded conversations on there on your profile. I think it's just like a, a different style of Google Meet. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, it's you have a few people, and it's like a quote live podcast, but you can chime in if you want. They would give you permission. It's kind of like a um, Zoom style thing, but uh, it's yeah. audio. So you, I don't think you have to be in video. Um, so if there's like a topic you wanted to touch on, you could like jump in. So it could work with the community at small, but like when this is just like a celebrity talking with another guy, it could just get spammy and annoying. 
Yeah, I don't think it's on Android yet, so it might not be good for you and Kyler. No, it's on Android. They just released it. It's just, you still need an invite, so it's kind of useless. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I was gonna. I was saying that my uh, computer went to sleep, and uh, I had to like fetch my password to uh, sign back into my computer to end this <laughs> recording. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for oh, listening. Yeah. The podcast is a little shorter than usual. A little more casual. Um, I am preparing for another pod podcast uh, tomorrow to introduce Kyler. Trevor will most likely be, or he is working tomorrow, so he'll. I wanted to uh, get Kyler in the podcast as soon as possible because he had made some sacrifices in his life and his schedule. So it seems like he really wants to participate in the podcast and it's a priority for him. And uh, I wanted to show my appreciation for that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So this short podcast might turn into extra long ones. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a second one recording. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I'll talk to you later, Trevor. Hasta luego. Oh, I didn't even read into it much, but it's, it seems like it's just a tip of an iceberg. Like, they finally were able to have some kind of uh, evidence of uh, some kind of dark energy. Dark energy proliferates throughout the universe, 30% of it. So, obviously, we want to know what it is and what it how it interacts and what it implies and um mm-hmm. it's a lot of just like detected of existence of it but they have this instrument a, a observation thing called the EBOS uh it stands for extended mm-hmm. bar barone oscillation spectroscopic uh, spectroscopic survey Um, that's one of the biggest uh, challenges is trying to figure out what it is Um, but they've developed new methods to improve the accuracy and mitigate the systematics Um, but the key was to survey multiple types of galaxies to make use uh make possible uh and to use multi tracer analysis. 
cross-correlating multiple types of galaxies is an efficient way to reduce the st statistical uncertainties with observational systematics mitigated at the same time, which is key to obtaining robust cosmological results, said Professor Wong. That's pretty much it. Uh, like I said, it's like the tip of the iceberg. Um, <laughs> so they got a, is it the recent the uh, invention? Um, no, they they've just been I think improving upon the this the report is recent came out this mm -hmm. uh la within the last year so. Uh, there was another article I read about something like, oh, maybe let's change it from different name, not dark. So, um, I didn't read into it. I just saw the headliner. So, I think uh, maybe you'll finally figure out what all this dark energy and if it's dark matter or not and stuff like that. It said they've been using the BOSS survey for four years started four years ago, so it's been a long time coming to a, a big breakthrough. It's good for the... <laughs> I mean, I would want a breakthrough after four years of just having some instrument, just observing different galaxies, so... <laughs> Were you saying that it's a tip of the iceberg article because it's just you see the little thing and you just talk about the little thing at the tip. So it's well, dark I call it that, that because much. we don't, it, it, it's just saying like, hey, yeah, they, they've been able to uh, notice that there is something amongst all these galaxies. There's evidence of it. But just like, like if you see an iceberg, you might see like the very tip of it, maybe a penguin on top, but the iceberg is probably a billion times bigger and you might crash into it or something. <laughs> so, like, yeah, you see, the the article doesn't say much because there's not much information about it, but it's the tip of the iceberg because this is going to be huge, right? Once we get more information and have more observations and more stats, probably maybe more instruments that kind of go into this because if there wasn't any evidence they'd just try a new method new uh, uh what is it hypothesis right try a new hmm. new thinking right but if this is true and it goes hey, it's a snowball right it gets bigger and get more information through uh, logic and such. Hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, so that might be a new trend, something that you might be talking more about this year? Maybe. Or I, so I think the way it says, uh, based on the observation, Professor Zhao measured the history of cosmic expansion and structured growth and the huge volume of the past universe concerned to a distance between 0 0.7 and 1.8 billion light years away. So this volume has never been probed before. Um, 
So I think that's what kind of added to the data is they had a greater light year span than ever before. So there's more data to work through multiple mm-hmm. different galaxies. So there's more uh, ways to pinpoint accuracy of the whatever is in dark energy. <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah, that's uh, the dark energy topic that we are finishing up on. Yeah. 